0: Bye. 73 of the q a podcast my name is anthony and sitting right across from, from me via zoom as always is my pal De quincy
1: hello there hi there how you doing man
0: i'm good i'm good how are you i'm
1: all right uh how was your thanksgiving to start off
0: thanksgiving was good man
1: uh <laughs> because i realized i text you the other day when we were setting up the podcast and then like when i was done i was like oh shit i forgot to ask him about thanksgiving he's gonna think i'm a horrible <laughs> person
0: <laughs> that's all good <laughs> Uh, it was good man um, had a Had a really good Thanksgiving workout mm-hmm. like at eight in the mo- got up early like eight in the morning before I had to start you know getting everything ready um, and then uh, after that start preparing you know helping mm-hmm. the family out with uh, dinner and stuff and then uh, yeah sat down probably around that 6:30 for dinner and chowed down watch some football Mm-hmm. Ga- and, uh, yeah it was a good day
1: yeah a big gathering or
0: Did no just small? the the immediate you know immediate style not not too nothing too big yeah because
1: it was raining that day too
0: yeah early and then it got cold
1: <laughs> yeah
0: it was nice it was a it was a, like it actually was a really great thanksgiving because of the weather like it felt like you know holidays <laughs> it always that whenever
1: that that first cold snap hits in houston i'm always like oh this is some perfect football weather
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh yeah but uh, my thanksgiving was the same we did small it was just the three of us we really didn't want to go anywhere in bad weather um and my grandma usually she cooks. she's like i'm not cooking i'm not going anywhere so like oh okay <laughs> So we stayed home, the three of us. Um, it was um, girlfriend first time making a turkey and it came out delicious.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So it was, it was good. Um, my dad cooked a turkey this year. Like we had mm-hmm. been cooking traditional Thanksgivings for a few years now, just doing different stuff, yeah. uh, catering, you know- <laughs> or just going out. And then, like, you know, my family decided to do. A traditional like dinner and uh yeah the turkey came out good the old man still he still got it <laughs> still got it.
1: yeah same here when even when we had the big get together turkey isn't the main thing it's like chicken or ham or mm-hmm. um it's if, if it's warm like it's been the last couple of the uh, thanksgivings we'll do like ribs nice oh speaking of ribs if you look up and you see me just throw my headphones off and run off to the side, the timer went off on of my ribs that are currently okay. in. <laughs> I'm like, me ribs and, and my headphones go up and there's a cloud of smoke. You know what
0: happened? Gotcha. Yeah. Loud um, and clear. I'll keep it going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it was, you know, we had the turkey, you get your leftovers, fall asleep in front of the TV, watching football. It's um, it was just the all American, um, Thanksgiving, except for you know, you going to do small gatherings because goddamn coronavirus (laughs) will not go away.
0: It's still, it's still going.
1: Oh, speaking of which, my son got his booster shot yesterday. Oh,
0: very cool. Not not booster, not booster. His second, his second.
1: second, Yeah, so two weeks. Yeah, two weeks from now, he'll be completely. Uh, Vaxed up, uh, both me and my girl. We got our boosters already, so we are good to go. Um, I'm already counting down to another uh, the next six months when we all have to go get boosters again. The next booster, yeah. Oh boy, it's got, never ending. Uh, Omicron, it has popped up
0: <laughs> California and Colorado, I believe
1: California, Colorado, um, Maryland, Georgia, mm-hmm. and Minneapolis.
0: It'll be here soon. Give it time. It's already here. I guarantee it. Texas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the one, I think in Minneapolis, the, like the week before the guy went to a um, comic convention, something like that, some convention in New York. And he was fully, he's fully vaxxed. Mm-hmm. And so he went to the convention, you know, they have masks and everything, mask mandates inside the building. Um, he gets home. He starts to feel a little sick he gets a test, he recovers from his sickness, and then, you know, it takes a couple of days for the results to come back. He had coronavirus, and they are able to determine it was the Omicron variant. Jeez. Yeah. It's like, that guy literally did everything you are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know?
0: Don't tell that to the uh, anti-vaxxers. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, look, he did everything he was supposed to do. He got sick, and he was only, like, marginally sick like you didn't have to go yeah. to the icu no hospital visit just take no, i mean that's, that's yeah more. these things
0: are not foolproof it's yeah. not a guarantee but at least it it's shown that it'll mitigate the you know the uh you know effects. it'll you know the symptoms that you go through
1: the problem with the whole vaccine is people don't understand science and they don't understand math Like, and they don't understand words. They don't understand the meaning of words because vaccine does not mean cure. Right. Two completely different words. Can't wait to have um, another COVID Thanksgiving next year. (laughs) Uh, In somewhat lighter news, we are going to talk about I can't even say upcoming or impending because it's in progress. The MLB lockout. Uh, midnight on December 2nd, the owners locked out the players.
0: Hope they got all their iPads and iPods and things of that nature from their lockers.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, before we start, I just want to i wanted to explain to people the difference between a lockout and a strike. OK, a lockout is when your bosses lock you out. A strike is when you stop going to work.
0: Correct.
1: So the players had no say in this. And honestly, the owners didn't even, need, didn't even have to lock them out under um, union law. Even if your CBA runs out, you can still agree to continue um, operating under the same rule set until you create a new one. And mm-hmm. the owners and all thirty of them, there's was no holdout. All thirty of them voting unanimously, unanimously to lock the players out. Like, so oh. that's
0: just a that's that's a, just a sign of solidarity on the owners' part, at least. Yeah. Like they didn't have, like I said, they didn't have to. But this is a way to say, yeah, we don't, we didn't have to do this, but here's here's our sign that we're not playing around. Like mm-hmm. we're not gonna go easily into the night
1: yeah so your favorite owner whoever he may be decide to go along with this mm-hmm. um it's not it's not good not great uh basically uh management cannot have any contact with the players like i read a story like even if a if your players like if he had a wedding coming up and the general manager was invited he can't go are you serious serious wow um players can't have any kind of communication with any kind of um uh team representative like i think it was uh what's Jameson talion like he's recovering from an injury. I can't remember what it was. And like he literally cannot get in contact with the training staff to, you know, update him on his status. Right. Yeah. So he, he has, has
0: he'll have to go on his own to his own therapist or whatever.
1: Yeah. He had a tweet where he was basically like, Well, I can't talk to him. I guess I could just take this damn boot off. I was like, that's not how this works. <laughs>
0: right. Um,
1: yeah, and the, the owners have been extremely petty. Have you seen what they did on MOB.com? No. So you, if you go to MOB.com right now, you look up the player info, all the players' pictures have been taken down and been put up by the silhouette.
0: Let's see. I was expecting to see.
1: Nah, you go Black right screen. <laughs> no, no. It's just a silhouette of every player. They took down all the players pictures and for no other reason to just be petty. They gave out some bullshit excuse, but it doesn't fly. You didn't have, you, there's no reason that you had to take their players, the players images down. And so what the players have done in retaliation is change their profile pictures on Twitter to that silhouette. <laughs> And like, like
0: that's just so much work. Why would you even do that? And just to be petty.
1: Like, there's no other reason.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm looking at Salvador Perez on mm-hmm. on the uh, on his his summary page. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. no picture. It's there's no
1: picture. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, you don't have to completely erase them. Like, you can still put them on your website, guys. Yeah. That's hilarious. Just being petty for no reason. It's Things like that, I see him like, well, we're going to be on for a very long lockout. And we'll talk more about how long we think it's going to last later in the podcast. But yeah. What do you think, man?
0: I mean, we talked about this earlier, but you know, as it was getting closer. Look, um, ultimately they will get it done because there's just too much money these days at stake for any kind of delay in the start of the season, any another delay in the start of the season, season because, you know, obviously two seasons ago now, 2020, you know, it was, it was a shortened season because of, of COVID and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, no fans in the, in the stadiums, you know I mean? That's a lot of money that they lost out just right there. Um, I don't think they're, I don't think the owners are, are gonna, you know, go for losing more money so so short, you know, so soon after having already gone through something like that. Um, well, here's the problem
1: with that: we have no idea how much money these owners make or lose year to year basis. There are only two teams that are required to open up their books because they're uh, publicly publicly owned. Do you know who those two teams are? In baseball? Yes.
0: Let me guess. Uh, Washington Nationals? Nope. They're not publicly owned anymore. Huh. Is it?
1: The Lerner family owns them, I believe. Mm
0: -hmm. Huh. Uh, You know what? I don't want to waste any of your time. Let me, oh, (laughs) wait. I'm looking at the teams now.
1: All right, go ahead. It's 1-A-L, 1-A-N-L.
0: 1-A-L, one NL. Okay. Let's see. Publicly owned? Is it Baltimore? Nope. Oh, that's that's right. Damn. Owned by?
1: Who Not the owners. Where it starts with O, but
0: continue. Uh, the National League is it? The Milwaukee Brewers? Nope. Okay, I give up.
1: It is the Atlanta Braves. And the Toronto Blue Jays, I believe oh, they're both owned Toronto by me, my media companies. If I think so,
0: that's right. That's right. Okay, that makes sense.
1: <laughs> and so they're the only company, are only two baseball teams that are legally responsible. Uh, or legally have to open up their books and show what happened every year to year. And last year, after the 2020 season, uh fan did an investigation on the Atlanta Braves mm-hmm. and saw what they count as losses. Wasn't like the money, like they actually came in negative. It's basically like the difference in between what they thought they were going to make going into the year and what they did. Right. So it's like if you thought you were going to make 50 million dollars and you only made 20 then you write down a loss of 30 million mm-hmm. but you still made 20 million
0: correct right.
1: so it's not you just, it's a potential loss and there's like there's no guarantee that you're going to make that 50 million but you still have that as your goal
0: mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, that's what basically what Atlanta wrote down. like Oh, we lost such and such money. It's like, well, actually, no, you didn't lose that much money. You just lost the money that you thought you were going to make.
0: Right. Uh, and I
1: just say that to say you cannot take the owners at the word. I don't care who it is. It could be um, the Steinbrenners, um, Jim Crane, whoever. Do not take any owner at the word when they say that they're losing money year after year. Because if there's one thing that rich people hate more than anything, it's losing money. And if there it was that bad, they were losing money that bad. These you would see these teams selling off um, percentages of the ownership, and you would see that you would see you would see story after story of such and such team is interested in selling. 10% of ownership or 15, 20, whatever, whatever it is. You don't see that. You may see that every once in a blue moon, when a team, when a family is ready to get out of the business and they're ready to move on, but you will, you don't see that happening year after year. So don't take these, these owners at their words when they say they're losing money hand over fist. Cause it just, it's not happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Huh.
1: That'd be like, if you came to me like, man, I keep, uh, you know, I'm coming in short every, every uh, two weeks for paycheck and blah, blah. I can't do this, that, and third. And I'd be like, okay, well, what are you spending money on? Let's see what your main count. No. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have a brand new uh, Ferrari outside. I'm like, well, oh, you going to sell that? No. Oh, 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 what are you doing here? <laughs> I feel like you're lying to me about something.
0: Man, well, I mean, like I said, I think, you know, obviously they're going to get it done. Mm-hmm. I don't see them missing any regular season games. Mm-hmm. I think it could go into, you know, probably maybe the start of. Man. We were already four days into de- into December. Spring training is typically like February February 10th or 11th. It's not a lot of time. Um I could see it going to the end of February.
1: Okay. I was going to talk about this at the end, but let's talk about it right now. If you're a fan of baseball, you really don't need to worry about it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm predicting that both sides will start to ramp up talks again near the end of December, beginning of January. But if there is not a new CBA deal in place by the beginning of February, that's when you need to start getting nervous. Mm -hmm. Like you said, spring training usually starts around the 13th, 14th. If they don't have a deal in place by then, or if they're not even close to a deal by then, we're definitely going to miss regular season games. And like when you look at what the owners are asking for and what the players want, they are so far away, honestly. If I had to bet, I would say the season, like if the over under is at 140 games, I'm taking the under. Wow,
0: really, really,
1: I would not be surprised if um, they miss a good month of the season.
0: Is that because they'll start spring training like in April?
1: The if at best, best case, maybe March. Okay. I just, we are talking about it in a minute, but with what both sides want, like they're so astronomically divergent. They're like, there's no way because they're both set in their ways, especially the owners. There's no way that they come together mm-hmm. and have a deal in place that makes the season, you know, run on time.
0: Right. Yeah. So you're not as optimistic, it uh, seems like.
1: No. Two things have really um, shaped this. Everything that's happened since the last CBA agreement back in 2016, and everything that happened leading up to the 2020 season. When they couldn't come to an agreement about how many games they want to play, and um, Manford just basically had to make a decree that they're paid the 66 game season was 60 or 66. I was get confused 60. All right. 60. Yeah. Cause of course the players wanted more because that's more money in their pocket and the owners didn't want to pay that much because pandemic and there weren't going to be fans in the seats. So you go back and look how how um, tenuous the entire situation was. And how long it took for us to get an agreement, and that was for a season that we had the CBA in, like no CBA. Both sides want to completely revamp the rules. It's gonna be it's gonna be nasty. I'm telling you this right now. That's why all those players signed right before uh the CBA expired they know what's going to happen
0: yeah so how does that impact their contracts I mean they're just not going to get paid until the season actually starts correct whether that's whether that's April 1st or May 1st
1: yeah and they'll probably have to have some kind of discussion about how much the players get paid like they miss x amount of games, so like if they miss twenty five percent of the games, they don't get that twenty five percent. But right. but yeah, both. Like I don't know if you know this, the players only get paid during the season, mm-hmm. those six months. So right. they don't get paid, which is why. Um, they're not they're not that worried right now. They've been playing this for a long time. This the um uh the MLBPA they basically have a war chest they've been telling their players for years this was going to happen to save up their money so what we're going to see is players just basically buying their time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the always going to do something like that's why i say we're not going to see anything bad or we're not going to see anything like really moving until the threat of missing games happens. Cause that's when the owners lose out on money. That's when the players lose out on money right now. No, one's losing anything.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: and if we've, if we've seen anything in the last 30, 40, 50 years, humans do not do anything until the last minute. See global warming. <laughs> We love to procrastinate until, you know, we really lose something. That's why I don't believe, that's why I don't think um, the season started on time.
0: Right. And really, in a way, if you think about it, it really only affects minor league players in terms of, uh, in terms of, like, money and and being able to, like, live daily, like a, a normal life, like, because even if you're the 25th man on the on a roster, you're still making what 500000
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not sure. 000. I'm not sure how this affects minor leaguers because they're not covered under the CBA. In fact, you can still make minor league deals right now.
0: But are they getting paid? Mm, maybe. So you know, if the, the minor leaguer isn't making much money, anyways, you know. Any delay in them getting paid is going to make an impact. But even a guy that's the 25th man on the on the roster, making the league minimum of you know, let's just say 500,000, for example, if they made that last year, that's that's a good amount of money to hold them over, you know, as long as they need, as long as they're not living, you know, above their means. But I mean, because hell, (laughs) I would have loved to get paid 500,000 for half a season, for half a year, and then you know, I would have enough money to to you know hold me over into this season or this year upcoming year. So like, I don't think we're going to see players like taking mortgages out on their, their homes and whatnot uh, getting desperate for money. Um, but that's the, that's the nature of the game these days is like the salaries are still really good. I mean, by regular people standards, like they're incredible. So it's like, you're not going to see anybody like hurting or desperate for money um, as long as they were, you know, prepared for this. Um,
1: Okay. Two, uh, two updates. I just Googled it. So players can play in other leagues. Okay. They play in winter leagues, independent leagues, and even, you know, professional leagues like Japan, Korea, uh, Mexico and such. And the minor leagues are going on as usual. It's business as usual except for any player that's on the 40-man roster because gotcha. they're they're um union members.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean I guess I guess this could get this could be dragged out quite a bit.
1: Yeah, it's possible like if this gets dragged off long enough, we'll be watching minor league baseball on TV. <laughs>
0: You will be i mm. probably won't um man i don't know i you know these situations are very difficult to like have feelings for mm-hmm. because yeah it's billionaires versus millionaires it's billionaires wanting to keep more of their money it's millionaires wanting more money as well like everybody's wanting more money i can get
1: that i always push off against that because if you have a million dollars if you times a million dollars times a hundred you still own you're only a millionaire Mm
0: -hmm. you have
1: to take that million dollars and multiply it by a thousand to get the billionaire like we hear millionaire and billionaire but people don't realize how
0: big a gap that is oh of course it's it's unreal um
1: and people are going to keep our people push back against the players because we know how much money they make. We know their contracts, know their salary. Sure. We know everything like who getting deferred money. You're getting paid X amount of money years after you retire and so forth and so on. We have no idea how much money these owners make.
0: But the billionaires have they obviously have money because they hmm. have to have the money to pay those high salaries. So, I mean, you know. Play- I'm at this point in my and life just like
1: They pay the salaries. They pay whatever goes on with the um, the construction, the ballpark. They pay the, ball- the people who work at the ballpark and the front office and all the way down the field level, like where we were. Like, th- yeah. they pay all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't... Like, that's billions of dollars. <laughs> right. And we, we, we do that. We're like, you see that in news articles online you people talk about billionaires versus billionaires it's like we we need to game we with the millionaire of the millionaires against the billionaires mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean it's like more i mean thinking about it more and more you mentioned like the game day operations side <laughs> you know that's that's the side that we you know we've experienced we worked we worked on game day operations you know for many years um, you know, that was my main source of income mm. those years because I was, you know, in college and you know, it was just my summertime job. And so, you know, I get it. And we've worked with people that, you know, they've they work all of these for all the sports, you know, mm-hmm. all the leagues, all the teams—Astros, Rockets, Texans. You know, they, you know, some people we've worked with that that was their these, these types of, uh, jobs are their main source of sources of income. Like that's why they work year round with all these different venues. So in that regard, like, yeah, I'm, you know, I feel bad that it's going to affect their, it's, it's probably going to affect the way they, you know, whether or not they get paid. I mean, you know, with the Astros, I think they paid all of their employees, like all the game day staff last year or up to a point, I think for the games that they missed. Um, and as admirable as that is, and as much as, you know, I appreciate that on behalf of people that I used to work with friends of mine that are still there, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's awesome. But realistically, I don't see them being that benevolent two out of three years. You know, <laughs> I don't see them paying these people going, you know, into the new season. You know, uh, the time that's missed. Um. So yeah, in that regard, like I feel bad because it's gonna it's gonna affect these people, the people that we've worked with, the people that we know. But I'm at this. Uh, so yeah, it, it's hard to. It's hard to like. You know, really. Have one true feeling about everything because at the end of the day. That aside, I don't, I, I'm still going to watch baseball. I'm not. You're not going to lose me as a fan. You know, that's the big thing. Is like, oh my God, you know, the strike in '94. Like, it took baseball all these years to bounce back, and they lost so many fans, and baseball was dead, and you know, steroids saved it, and all this stuff. Like, I get all that, but I'm at this point. I'm not going to. You know, I'm. I'm going to keep watching. You know, I, look, it's part of these types of things. However many years they happen you know, it's part of the sport, it's part of sports. But at the same time, like, I'm at this point in my life where I'm not a millionaire, I'm not a billionaire. And frankly, I don't really care in terms of who's crying about how much they should get because it's, I'm not not in that position, I'm not in those shoes. I don't know what it's like to be a billionaire to have to give up 50, you know, go from 50, 50 to 51, 49 or, or whatever. Or if, if even if I'm up 52, 48, I have to go from 51 to 49 or whatever it is. I don't know what it's like to lose that kind of money. And from the player side, I don't, you know, I'm not a pro athlete. I don't know what it's like to get paid that kind of money as well. So, you know, in terms of these negotiations, like I get it. It's necessary. People should get paid obviously. Um, but I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to sit back essentially. Like I'm not, I'm not sweating. Who's I'm not, you know, it's not my money. So I'm not sweating who's going to lose out at this point. Um, with the exception of like game day staff, like those are the people that I'm that I feel for. But in terms of, this fighting between the owners and the players, you know, it's part of the game. It's part of sports. Now it's part of business. It's part of the business that is sports. Um, you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Uh, obviously I'd rather them get it done sooner than later, but you know, baseball will still be there. I'll still be there. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's really how I feel about it at this point. Like I get, Get what everybody wants. You know, I get that both sides don't want to, you know, move an inch. Uh, It's going to have to happen to get it done. But, um, you know, that's all I've got, I think, in terms of, like, how I feel about it.
1: Uh, For me, I'm always going to be pro-labor. Sure. Because I've always been labor. You know, I even when I was a manager before and I'm the head of my department right now, it's like there's always someone above me cutting the check, always in Mm -hmm. labor and, you know, working where I work now. I'm part of a union and, you know, I've been at my job five years and been part of the union the entire time and I've gotten a raise every year. Mm -hmm. So I'm one of those people who's completely pro unions. Like you can literally look at the history of united states and see where union membership decreased that's when um workers wages decreased as well Mm -hmm. like you can go and see so i'm i'm rooting for the players because like it's those are the people that you see all the time without them there is no baseball right The owners can make money off of something else, but if you don't have the players out there, you, you don't have a sport. You don't have fans. You don't have the money.
0: Yeah. I mean, and look at the end of the day, uh, if the, if the players can get more money, great, man, they, they're the ones that put in the work. Like I get it. That's totally cool. And that's how it should be. Um, Where's it going with this? Uh, like,
1: I'm never going to academy <laughs> and seeing a, a damn Jim Crane jersey, right? <laughs> yeah. hey, when I go there. I'm gonna I'm gonna see Altuve, Bregman, probably see some Carlos Correas on the clears clearance rack soon. Soon. Yep. But I'm not here to root root for the owner. Like, you make money no matter what. Like, right. when they suck, he was still making money, and we were having a terrible time working there because it, <laughs> it was it it was was just basura. But yeah. they're good. He's making more money, and the team, like, going to the World Series, going to the ALCS so many times in a row. Like, it's, I root for the players. I don't root for the management. I don't root for an owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll just go to the next one. Who do you think the fans, since we're talking about, you know, owners versus uh players and blame and everything, who do you think the fans will blame in the social media age? Because this is like the first like real big lockout in the world of Twitter. And I know the MOB had their um, labor discussions uh, a few years ago, but there was – the social media was not what it is now,
0: right? Um, man, that's a good question. I feel like the owners will get blamed more. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess as it should. I mean, they're the ones that have locked out the players essentially like at this point, the, the owners control everything. Like they, they control the situation because yeah, they're going to lose money, but so are the players. If, if this isn't done, if games aren't played, you know, nobody gets paid. Nobody is making money. Um, and I think, well, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say, I think, People on Twitter are smarter, smart enough to know, because history has shown people on Twitter are very dumb, very stupid. Um, And so, I would like to think they're gonna make the, you know, be smart enough to recognize who's in control in the situation and Mm -hmm. who is causing the work stoppage. I mean, it, it, you know, for all my, all my blustering about like i don't care and blah blah blah. you know millionaires versus billionaires and blah blah blah. like yeah i mean obviously at the end of the day the owners are the ones who should get the blame because they're the ones that have locked out the players they're the ones that um you know they have the most they have the most money they have Mm -hmm. the most power and they um they're the ones that ended negotiations. Essentially, when you lock out the your your workforce, and you're making a statement that we're, you know, we don't want you here right now. We're 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 working on something else.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm with you. There.
0: I'm trying to think of what how to say this, but like you said, it's it's. You hope that Twitter, again, Twitter, you know.
1: You're putting your hopes on Twitter. You've already failed, my friend. Right, right.
0: Because it's going to be easier for tweeters to to type in Max Scherzer and Bryce Harper and Carlos Correa and Justin Verlander and, you know, Aaron Judge, Clayton Kershaw, players like that. But – it's going to take some time for people to look up Jim Crane and Jim Hendry. Huh. And
1: oh, oh, let's play a game right now. How many baseball owners can you name right now?
0: Uh, three, I think. Four. Again, if, you, if, you, if you count the Stein, Hank and Hal Steinbrenner as well, a duo.
1: one of them is no longer with us. So. Hal? Uh, passed away? One did? of them passed away a couple of years ago. That's right.
0: Yeah, that's right. Hal Steinbrenner is the owner.
1: Yeah. How is his name Harold, but he goes by (laughs) Hal? I don't
0: know. Yeah.
1: Hank passed away a couple years ago. He went. Wow, that's right. So that's one less owner that you know.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, last year, 2020. Wow. Okay. I thought that was 2019.
0: That is crazy.
1: Yeah, liver issue. All right. So. Um,
0: not many owners.
1: Let's see. Jim Crane. Uh,
0: Jim Henry. Uh, no, that's not an owner anymore.
1: John Henry. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. yeah, John Henry. But the Red Sox are like three owners. It's right. like two other guys. So let's go. we're going Crane, Steinbrenner, Henry, um, the crazy dude that's currently in the on the New York Mets,
0: Steve Cohen. Yeah, there we go,
1: Steve Cohen.
0: I Stan remember Sandcastle and Magic Johnson.
1: Okay, thank you. Jesus Christ, I could not. I, I was thinking about the Who owns the Dodgers? The only name that came to mind was Magic Johnson. So we got mm-hmm. five. Um, Peter Angelos, that's the guy who owns the um, <coughs> the Orioles.
0: That's right. Artie Moreno owns the uh, Angels.
1: Uh, okay. Derek Jeter and some people own the Marlins. That's
0: right. Does Does Ted Turner own? <laughs> no, the Braves, or is it? It's It's not CNN, is it? Or Turner? Is...
1: This doesn't work if we're actually um, googling. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's still owned by billionaire Ted. Oh wait, let's
1: see. Liberty Media Board.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's
1: who owns it. <coughs> so we're still like we're like six teams that we've named out of thirty,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we we've I don't think we've named any team in the Midwest. Nope. Oh, uh, do, 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 do. Dolan. He owns the um the Indians.
0: Okay. The Guardians. Guardians. Apologies. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Because his uncle, nephew um, owns the uh, Knicks. They both make stupid luxury, um, stupid money decisions. That's how I remember them. And the, that's it. Meanwhile, we can name like all 25, 26 players on the Astros.
0: Paul Dolan owns the Guardians. He's, there we go. He's related to to James Dolan? Yep. Wow. That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know who the Rangers owner is. I don't know the Rockies owner. It's funny. I could probably name more general managers than I could owners.
1: I was going to say, we could probably pull together our savings and we'll be the owners of the (laughs) Rays. Yeah.
0: The Illich family still owns the Detroit Tigers. Yes. It's the son now, I believe, right?
1: Yeah, because the father passed away a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I made that mistake on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to still spend money. You know, they're going to go get Korea blah, blah, blah. Daddy still wants to win. He's been dead for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> My bad, Mike. Rest in peace. Um. Yeah, I think people are just going to naturally gravitate towards blaming the players because they know them. Mm-hmm. It's
0: easier. I mean,
1: it's easier. I mean, how many owners are actually on social media? It's, I think, Steve Cohen, and that's it. It's
0: about it, yeah.
1: And even if they were on social media, they definitely have some intern handling it for them. They'll never see people cursing them out.
0: Correct. Hmm. So, we've been talking hmm. a lot about the lockout. Let's you want to talk about like what are the issues? At, at oh, stake?
1: sure. Let's start with what the owners want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What do the owners want? Do you know, Anthony?
0: Don't want to give up more money. That's for sure. That's the sum of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the sum of this entire thing. It's money. Everything's about money. Do um, the owners
0: want the universal designated hitter?
1: The players want that because. It does mean more money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but um, last year after the 2020 season, when the owners were trying to give, they were trying to get something from the players, something huge, and they were like, "Oh, we'll give you the D- the universal DH." And players were like, "No, it's not worth it." Uh, so I think the players do want it, but it's not like a hard line issue. Mm-hmm. What the owners want to do, um, we saw the report a while ago, uh, the tax floor, where basically every team had to spend like, I think it was 100 million, but it would lower the tax ceiling, uh, luxury tax from hundred, it's 210. It would lower it down to like 180. And we've already seen how many teams are afraid of going over that number now. So, just imagine the players rightly assumed that it would basically be a way to stiffen salaries, right? Where everybody would say, "Oh, I can't sign such and such player because they would go the luxury tax. I don't want to do that." And then paying the luxury tax and being, I'm, I'm paying into you know you pay the luxury tax, and that money goes to help the teams who are at the bottom. Like I don't want to pay extra money for these teams to beat me with. And so it was. It would. You know, it'd be a way to artificially stiffen um, players' uh, salaries. So of course, the players don't want that. The owners also—they said multiple times they want to decrease the um, the luxury tax number. Um, you know, right before the lockout, they were willing to raise it by like two million a year. It's at what two ten right now, I believe. In mm-hmm. fact, let me. It's 210 right now, right?
0: That's the last I remember. All
1: right. And so the owners are like, okay, we'll go up by $2 a year. Meanwhile, the players want the luxury tax to start, I believe, 250
0: Oh, wow. <clears throat> so a big jump.
1: hmm And one of the things, I think this, like, besides that, this is also one big thing, the hugest thing that the owners want, a 14-team playoff.
0: 14
1: teams? 14
0: That's what the teams. owners want? Yes. Oh,
1: boy. Uh. It'd be 14 teams, the number one seed in both um, leagues will get a bye, and the teams will, I believe they say, the higher seeds will be able to pick who they want.
0: I don't like that at all.
1: Yeah, I, I think baseball has the perfect amount right now.
0: I mean, look at some of these teams last year. I mean, it would be.
1: I mean, I looked, and it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, in the American League, the uh, Blue Jays and the Mariners would get in, and they both won over 90 games. And mm-hmm. the National League, it would have been the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, sorry, the Cincinnati Reds and the Philadelphia Phillies, my bad. And the Reds won 83 games. The Phillies only won 82.
0: that's still
1: which is the biggest issue of this this proposal is is if it makes it easier for teams to get into the playoffs you only have to win 82 to 85 games Mm -hmm. why would you spend so much to build a team to make it to the playoffs You can just do, like, I'm going to, I'm just going to build a team to get the 500. Maybe I'll get lucky and sneak in. And then once you in, you can all, you know, we've seen it multiple times. We, oh, shit, we saw it this year with the braids. Once you're in, you have a chance to win. And also, you get the have that ceremony the next year where you put up that flag, banner, plaque, where you're like, 2021 wild card um, participant. And then you get the fans excited, they buy more tickets, more money, all that stuff. And all you did was just try a little bit just to sneak in.
0: Then you see fewer transactions like the trade deadline. You see Mm -hmm. fewer players getting traded. Um,
1: Makes it harder to tell who's going to be a buyer. No. Yeah. Who's a buyer? and Who's a seller? Right. There's going to be less buyers, less transactions.
0: Fewer sellers. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And the other reason they want this is money. Money,
0: money, money, money.
1: TV money. Yeah. Because the amount of money that the players get paid in the playoffs is not the same that they make in the regular season. They get a bonus pool and everybody gets whatever out of it. The majority of the TV money would be going towards the owners to the MLB. Wow. Yeah, this
0: playoff expansion um, first round buys I- I'm not a fan of at all
1: and the players are uh, you know they counter 12 teams instead of 14 uh, but uh, I'm with you I think it's perfect the way it is
0: and if you, if you think about doing a buy like baseball is, is all about repetition and <laughs> rhythm and
1: in fact the thing Oh, continue. Sorry.
0: Like, it doesn't make any sense to throw that off. Like, it doesn't give the the, the number one team any kind of advantage because <laughs> players, you know, might have to wait a whole week. You know, if, if a if a series goes all five games, you're going to see you know longer wait times for the number one seed. Mm-hmm. They're going to be waiting. They're they might be rested but they might be rusty as well yes i mean look at the look at the wildcard teams that that have won the world series you know that have won the world series like the part of it is like you have to keep playing like you might be running on fumes but you've got the you know no rest for the weary
1: mm-hmm.
0: like it, it's either do or die and that kind of motivation is huge and it helps. I mean, it's clearly helped teams win titles. And I think you stop someone's momentum by giving them a good amount of rest, you know, that, that can't be good. Yeah. So, I, and, I mean, so early into the playoffs because basically you're, you're, you would stop after the end of the regular season and then you're waiting a whole week that that can't be good
1: it's just we already like i don't
0: and then also you run I don't the see, risk of, like
1: the event, events like yeah you get the time off and everything but this out of all the playoffs you know all the playoff um all the sports baseball playoffs are the most random.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like you, don't you want to keep playing like that? You know, you take four or five days off you and you know, your starting pitcher gets blown up for five runs and two innings. Cause he's been out of the, out of sync, out of rhythm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Meanwhile, that wildcard team has been scrapping and playing for their lives for what? A month, a month and a half.
0: And look, look at this. Look also, if you're if you're the number one seed, you might be comfortable. You might have that a comfortable lead. Well before the season, the regular season ends, you're going to start rest. You're already starting to rest players. Mm-hmm. You're already giving them time off. To give them even more time, it, it's going to throw off that rhythm. It's going to, you know. They're going to get stagnant.
1: Yeah, it just seems like a bad idea all around. I, I'm glad the pet layers are pushing back on that. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to read other things that the that the owners want, but basically, it's all like we want to give away less money. I get that. Okay, so one thing they also offer they offer to modify the draft system, so it basically has like a NBA. Style lottery for the first three picks. Say that again. The first three picks, it'd be like the, the lottery system from the M from oh. uh, uh, basketball. Um, just to incentivize people to stop tanking. Sure. Um,
0: How do you feel about that? Because I I can I like it and I don't
1: about the draft system or
0: yeah a lottery like that i mean
1: i mean the first thing i think of you do a you do something like that you can make a lottery show and you can sell the rights to television and make more money sure um so if i'm the owners i i would be on board 100 percent. i should i make you know I make it like the NBA. Like every team that doesn't make the playoffs is in the lottery.
0: So you do like the lottery. Like
1: I, I like the I like the lottery. Um, my dream scenario for all sports is always the the um a play in tournament like we used to have with our fancy football and fancy baseball um, teams, where like you play for the number one draft pick but I don't think that's ever going to happen. And doing a lottery, it helps with the tanking because you can't just do what the Astros and Cubs and Orioles have done. Right. Like you can't just be complete dog shit for three years because you don't know you're going to get the number one pick. You might do that. And you know, and it and base and not baseball, but in basketball, you could be crap and at the end of the year, you get in that lottery and instead of, you know, getting number one, you end up at the four. Mm-hmm. So, I personally, I like it. Uh, what about you?
0: I mean, I, I, I like the idea of preventing tanking, severe tanking. Like, we've just seen some awful teams for the mm-hmm. Astros not that long ago. Um, and it's you know, it's painful to watch as a fan. Um, the only reason why I don't like it is because I'm not I'm not a gambling man at heart, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like the whole watching the, the balls roll and shuffle and all kind of stuff, and then you know the the odds of the, the worst team not getting the first pick or getting you know a higher pick or a lower pick, I guess is kind of heartbreaking just because of my desire to not gamble as much. Um,
1: but think about it this way. If you're the Kansas city Royals, you got eliminated from the playoffs. You didn't, you didn't make it you in 74 and 88. You tried this year. Like, right. shouldn't you get some kind of reward for trying to put a worthwhile product in front of your fans? You weren't the Orioles who only won 52 games or the diamondbacks who again, only won 52 games. Right. Like you tried, like you should have, there should be some kind of reward for trying to win.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense too. That that does. Um, yeah, I only like it just for preventing teams from tanking. But other than that, like, it's just hard to watch. I guess in terms, it's just it's just gives me more stress. I guess like just watching those balls shuffle and pulling the thing from the you know pulling the little ball from the thing and be like, oh, here's the tenth pick, here's the ninth pick, and blah blah, blah you know. Um, but. At this point, anything to get the, you know, to get the deal done. Like, I'm I'm all for.
1: You ready to talk about what the players want? Yep. All right. What's the number one thing we talked about? More money. Exactly. So, number one thing players want, changing the arbitration system decreasing it from six years to five um, they've kind of given up on the whole idea of you know how um, teams will do the keep players down for six weeks so um, they get the super two status so instead mm-hmm. of six years of arbitration you get seven like yep. chris brian george springer basically they know that's impossible because it's too There's no smoking gun. You're not going to get the email from any team saying we got to keep this guy down so we can keep him an extra year. Like so, they basically. But what they want is a system where, if a player, a player who has five years and is 29 and a half years old, he that player gets free agency. Mm basically it's like it's a way for players to make the money that they should be making faster because we see it all the time these players they get called up um you know they're tw- in their early 20s or late 20s and then by the time they hit free agency they're in their 30s no team really wants them
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we've seen that time and time again
0: and i think that's fair because Let's let's be real. I mean, you don't see that many guys. I mean, you, it happens, but you still don't see as many guys being called up at age 19 and 20. No. It doesn't happen very often. I mean, it happened to Bryce Harper. It happened to Mike Trout, uh, 20, 20, 21. 20. Yeah. You know, typically you see guys. It happened to Correa. I believe he was like 20 or 21. But
1: but the guys you just named, you know what they all have in common?
0: The megastars.
1: Exactly. So when they hit free agency like a did and like Harper did, they're going to make their money. They're going to get their 300 million dollar contract. And we've seen what Trout has resigned for with the Angels. This proposal is more for the for the guys like the top seven eight guys at every position will always get paid it's about the guys underneath that
0: right and that's a that's what i mean like that's what i'm okay with like getting those free agency years started earlier because trap resigned when he was like 27 he had already by the time he reached 27 he'd already established himself as the best player in baseball he had already um establish his value you know at a high rate that he could go get 400 million and get 400 million in his prime like uh but that's an anomaly
1: o- ta- i'll tell you overall, what's the problem
0: compared to the majority of players Yeah, I'll
1: tell you what we're seeing right now. A guy gets called up and he gets stuck in that whole Super 2 issue. He gets called up at 23-24. He does his seven years with that team. So when he finally hits free agency, he's 30-31. He's not a superstar. He's a damn good player. And you know what other teams are saying? Why would I pay this guy? 10 million, $10 million a year. He's not a superstar. When I got this young guy in the minors, who's 20, 21, I can bring him up and I'm only paying him 700,000. Exactly. So and he might, own. he might give me 90% of what uh, the free agent can give me, or he can only give me 75%. Listen, he only give me 75% of what the free agent can give me, but I'm saving like 90% on the salary that's what's happening and that's Mm. what the players association is trying to stop. It's not the big guys getting their money. It's the little guys underneath them who are getting flushed out of the system.
0: Right. So if you can get a guy to free agency at 27, 28, Mm -hmm. there's still time for him to (laughs) sign at least one big deal. And yeah, I'm all for that. Like, you know, um, Yeah. I'm okay with that because they're still going to make money in those arbitration years because we see the salaries for arbitration keep going up. So yeah, they're going to have, they're going to make some decent money, but Mm -hmm. they will still have time for the security for that long-term security.
1: Oh, another proposal they say. So Say what I said, they hold down a player till they get that super two, so they get an extra year. The proposal they want to bring up, like, if that player, when he comes up that year, if he makes an all star or an MV, or like he's in the MVP conversation, that will count as a year. Hmm. Like, if you make it, you you know, you're an all star, that takes away that super two year. Oh, okay. So, like, they held down uh, was name? Wander Franco, for, so they get their seventh year is before they gave him that mega contract. So, <laughs> say he had came up and he made the all-star team, that would have got rid of that last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like that idea.
0: I'm, I'm fine with that, too.
1: <laughs> Actually, I would add, a, like, if you win the MVP that first year, it should take away two years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, let's see players also have a uh, proposed a formula that determines draft order based 60% on your win loss record and 40% on market size. So I guess if you're a big market and you have a terrible year, maybe you don't get as high as a draft pick say like, If uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates only win 72 games. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of wonky. I'd have to see it in practice first or like just see some um, examples first before I agree to it. Uh, But again, it's something where you're trying to change the draft order to where people just can't tank.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know I, Flip flop back and forth on on the idea, but essentially, I mean, I guess if I had to choose, I would have to pick the the route that prevents tanking so uh, so blatantly. And mm-hmm. if that means doing a lottery with the ten, you know, the uh, lowest ten teams or however many you know teams that don't make the playoffs, like. I guess I'm all in with that because don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the Astros being able to get the top three picks in those years (laughs) that they were terrible, but it was at a, it was at a very, you know, disheartening cost watching this team play so bad, so regularly.
1: And can we also talk about just because you have the number one pick, it doesn't mean anything.
0: The can Rock we say Brady Aiken? Can we stay uh, Mark Appel? Yes. Yeah.
1: And I'm still waiting for people to apologize for that Brady Aiken shit. I've only seen one national writer that I know apologize for that. That was Keith Law. That's <laughs> it. Do we have time to rehash the Brady Aiken story? <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you can, you can if you want. What year was that? It was 2012,
1: I want to say. Oh. I Googled him so much, he comes up before Um, Tom Brady. 2014. All right. Pitcher, Houston, 2014. Astros stink. Yes, that was a Golden Girls joke still one of the best shows on TV. Um, So the Astros, they draft Brady Aiken, number one overall. They agree to a deal. Um, He's in Houston, takes the pictures, holds up the jersey during the game, all that stuff. They do the MRI on him and find out there's a problem with his UCL. At the time, because of... Hi- HIPAA laws, you know, the actual HIPAA laws, not what these anti vaxxers think they say. The Astros can't say anything about what the issue is. So they decrease their offer. Brady Aiken, as is his right, basically tells the Astros to go fuck themselves. Um, they don't, he doesn't sign because he had the largest signing bonus out of the entire draft group, and he took a smaller amount so the Astros could draft two other pitchers. Um, When he backed out, the signing bows went away, so the Astros had to rescind their offer from the two other pitchers. Um, It was just an entire mess. Media just eviscerated the Astros for being cheap, blah, blah, blah. So the year after that, Brady Aiken gets drafted first round by who were then the Cleveland Indians.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, He gets drafted, gets signed. He goes out, pitches in the minor leagues, and tears his UCL and has to have Tommy John surgery. And I know you're thinking, hey, Tommy John surgery happens all the time. What's the big issue? You know, pitchers come back. The problem is, and what the Astros saw in their scans in 2014 is, Brady Aiken's UCL is too small for his body, which if it were to tear, which it did, it would make the Tommy John surgery less of a certainty,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which, of course, is what happened. He had the surgery. And as of this recording, Brady Aiken has a... Let's see, 5.18 ERA in the minor leagues. Never made it above Class A. And is currently out of the game.
0: Yeah, he just got released at the end of this season.
1: So all I want is all those assholes who swear the Astros didn't know what they were doing and were <laughs> just taking this kid to the cleaners and treat them like shit. Just apologize for being so wrong because the Astros, you know, couldn't talk about what the issue was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the other guys, again, who was it? Jacob Nix, I think, was one pitcher. That's right. I don't remember who the other player was. Was not Derek Fisher because he ended up on the team. It was Jason, it was Nix and someone else. His name escapes me at this time. Apologies to that man. <laughs> but yeah, everything worked out for the Astros. They got the number two pick in the next draft, who turned out to be
0: Alex Bregman. Right?
1: Yes, sir. Who is MVP caliber when he's not hurt? I'm sorry. An I'm
0: interesting, in. interesting draft class that 2014 season. Ooh. Aiken went first. Tyler Kolick went second to Miami. Going third to Chicago White Sox was Carlos Rodon. Mm. And then Kyle Schwarber went fourth to the Cubs.
1: One day when we don't have anything to talk about, we just got to go through these old drafts <laughs> yeah. and just talk about. Because
0: right now it looks like Rodon or Trey Turner would be the best players out of that first-round draft.
1: The one draft we got to talk about is the one where the Astros could have drafted Derek uh, Jeter. Yep, they took Phil Nevin instead.
0: <laughs> oh, boy.
1: <laughs> like, one <laughs> of the scouting directors was literally – Throwing a fit before the draft because he wanted um, Jeter so bad.
0: Hopefully he quit. I don't know. Maybe.
1: Oh, Mac Marshall. That was the name of the guy.
0: Hmm. Is
1: that right? Yeah, Jacob Nix. Did I say Jeremy Nix? I don't remember. Hi. Jacob Nix and Mac Marshall. Uh, my son just came out and said hi so hello to him he just he came in grabbed the popcorn and left. yeah he sees me with his headphones he's like oh it's time to be quiet it just goes all right so what uh, what do the players want the players want more money they want to get paid when they're younger they want to be able to make it um uh, make free agency worth it for the players who are not super duper stars um, and make it back. Do you know that like someone did, I think it was another fan grass reported like basically I can't remember. If it was 2019 or 2021, 20, but basically like 61% of all player activities at bats pitches were done by players in their first three years of arbitration.
0: Is that right?
1: Like, like before, I, like, it's some crazy amount of people who are playing this game before they're able to make the big money. And it's like, like, teams know that players, you know, in their early to mid 20s are the most viable. And the player's like, well, if that's when we're the most viable, that's when you need to pay us. And I was like, whoa, whoa, pay? (laughs) What? These people want money. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we are right now. Talks have ended. Um, Doesn't look like um, either side is going to budge on their ideals. I mean, there was a crazy thing saw so, hold on like the owners wouldn't even agree to make a counter offer on things like the reserve system and luxury tax until the players uh, association agreed in advance to drop event to drop uh, some key demands including you know, the arbitration and revenue sharing and things like that. And it's like, they've never done that before, which makes me think we're in for a long lockout.
0: Okay, so let's uh, let's is there anything else we have? Um,
1: yep, that's everything.
0: Okay, so let's, let's end on our predictions as to when collective bargaining agreement will be agreed oh. upon.
1: Okay, when we're going to get an agreement? Okay, I'll let you go first.
0: Damn. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> beat me to it. Yeah. Okay. I will say... Let me look at my calendar
1: real really quick. quick. Can you tell when opening day is supposed to be? Uh, Google.
0: It's usually like March 30th. Like the very day. last couple of days of March.
1: Uh, oh, it's my 4th. birthday. March 31st.
0: Nice. Okay. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. I can. You can kiss December goodbye. One, it's the <laughs> holidays. Ain't nobody negotiating in December.
1: December and January are done. That's where I'm at. Good.
0: I will say Monday, February twenty first, twenty twenty two.
1: Monday, February 1st? 21st. Oh, Monday. Oh, I'm probably looking at the calendar
0: for this? I mean, I, I did just for my own sanity, I guess.
1: All right, so you got them. February 21st.
0: Just because, by the way, you've mentioned everything, it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. And it looks like they are going to miss time, mm-hmm. you know, miss some games. So, mm-hmm. so
1: it's going to be after. So they'll have a late spring training here mm-hmm. by in. Oh, okay. That's, I don't have an exact date, but I have a month. Okay the CBA would not be signed and ratified because we didn't even talk about the whole, like, just getting everything done. It has, you know, um, when they do the CBA talks, then the the committee for the players, is an eight-player committee. They have to basically go and explain to all the players, and there's over 1,200 players. And then they have to vote even if the eight-man committee comes together and, they, and there's a chance it may not be ratified. And then on the other side, the owners are like the owner of the Rockies, whose name I do not know. <laughs> He's basically, I want you to think about this. Think of all the stupid things that the Rockies have done in the last five years and realize that that man, the owner, is head of the labor uh, dispute for the owners think about that for a second (laughs) now you realize how fucked we are do you so you say february i'm sorry to say this but i don't think we get a deal done until april
0: wow okay let's meet somewhere in between hopefully
1: yeah i think by the time my birthday rolls around, we're still waiting for a deal to be struck. Ah, oh, my ribs. <laughs> okay. I hear the beeping sound right now. The timer just went off. Oh, perfect timing. Yeah, you gotta have them in there for the for the few hours. No slow. You can't, you know, rush them. You gotta take your time. My ribs all right so we're almost done here anything else you want to talk about my man
0: i think that's it all right you want to uh, talk about some of the free agency signings
1: you know what i wanted to but we're already like an hour and so into this okay that's fine because i was thinking about that when i was doing the outline and i was like i finished the outline i was like wow we have a lot of shit to talk about because there's so many there's signings i want to talk about and how they um deal with such and such um uh, going into next year whatever the hell they may that may be uh so yeah i definitely want to do that mm.
0: okay we can do um, it another time then.
1: yeah another time unless you want to do a part two after this uh no, we can figure
0: it out we'll figure
1: it yeah, out yeah right. yeah we'll figure it out so yeah we'll find some time to talk about that um but we need to get out of here that damn timer would not it's like your ribs are burning. Like they're not burning. It's slow cook. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening, downloading. Um, I don't know what the hell happened last episode, but you guys were downloading like crazy. So we appreciate you very, very much. And, um, yeah, let's get out of here my man. Anthony, it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Always. Love you. Like a brother. Can't wait to get back on this again. And, uh, Hopefully, next podcast, we can talk about something good. <laughs> <laughs> we can have fun. A nice time. Season of Hope. Yeah, Season of Hope. All right, let's go here. For Anthony, I'm De Quincy. Let it, babies.